Proverbs chapter 2, we're going to read verses 1 through 11. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom, and out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. When wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee. We've all read probably through Proverbs before in our lives. It's a book of wisdom. That would be, uh, I would say, one of the main themes of it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge and understanding. And so, uh, there is, it's a cry. Knowledge, the, the Bible says wisdom. It's, it, it, Solomon, in this book, personifies knowledge and wisdom as almost being this living thing. She cries out in the streets and so forth. We're going to read some more scriptures, but there is a there is a way that God has made for lost men to come to Him. That's a wonderful thing when you think about it. It's not just well, whoever's saved is saved, whoever's lost is lost, and it's just going to stay that way. And if you want to be saved and you're lost, tough, you just can't get there. God didn't make a way. We're all lost without Jesus. We were all lost at one time before we knew Christ. And every lost man out there today can come to Christ. That's a wonderful thing. What an invitation from Almighty God, the vilest of sinners, the people in Angola, the people that we would think are the worst of the worst, really were the worst of the worst, without Jesus, that all can come to Christ and be part of His family and be forgiven. He has made a way. Wisdom's crying out. It's not just wisdom to do well in school or wisdom to figure out some new chemical formula or something like this. It's wisdom from God. It only comes from God. It's wisdom from on high. Wisdom is crying out and lost men can come to the Lord. The Lord's crying out for lost people to come to Him. He's showing them His Son Jesus. He's telling them to turn from their wicked ways and the way that you're living in now and your sin is not going to prosper. He's trying to turn men to Himself. He's hard at it. He's steady at it. Okay? Uh, the, the, and then also there is a way there's a way for lost men to come to Christ and be born again and walk with God there's a way for saved men redeemed men to live and it's not the way we lived before we talk about this all the time the way that a lost man lives now I mean a saved man that's born again now lives is not at all like the life that we lived before we knew Jesus and wisdom is crying out for that man as well Wisdom's crying out for the saved man. Here's the way, walk ye in it. The wisdom is crying out how we're to live. And it's almost like the picture I get from reading through the Bible and reading through Proverbs is that the Lord has this wisdom sort of laid up like a treasure. That's what He describes it as. It's wisdom stored up like a treasure for those that will seek after it. He has it for them. It's in Christ. It leads lost men to Christ. And then in Christ, He has this treasure of wisdom. 
We could be uneducated, not have finished the fifth grade in school, okay, 40 years old or whatever, and never finish the fifth grade and be very wise because God gives wisdom. We know what's what. We know what's of God. The greatest wisdom is to know the Lord. And with that comes understanding and knowledge of the holy. We're going to read a lot of scriptures from the, from the Proverbs today. But it's, he, he's got this wisdom stored up. And the Word of God, the Bible says, is sounding out. I think it says that in 1 Thessalonians. That it's sounding out. So just picture like this, this beacon. like this. You know, I, I don't remember. This was when I was a, a child in school. I can remember, uh, you know, the U.S. space program. They, they said... They have some kind of big uh, transmitter that's transmitting some kind of message to outer space in case any of these other planets and these people on other planets or alien life forms, you know, uh, want to respond. Well, I can tell you that that's not going to do a lot of good, but God's word is sounding out. It's sounding out. It's sounding out to the people of God. We sing it in the first song, the rocks and the hills and the trees. It's our Father's world. It declares our Maker's praise. Creation does. The Word of God is sounding out and wisdom is crying out. And it's crying out, here is wisdom. Here is wisdom. Uh, this wisdom, as I said, it's from God. It's two men. From God, two men. And it's a blessing. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and understanding. Standing but fools hate Knowledge. Hate, uh, I'll look at it in Proverbs 1 7. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. So you get a fool and a wise. Okay? And it's not that one's smarter than the other, it's one knows this is the wisdom of God, and this is, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to God for his wisdom and this understanding of the holy, so I'll know what manner of man I ought to be. My Creator created me, I understand that. Now, what did he create me to be? What is this? What does He have for me? What is my relationship with Him to be? What does it mean to be holy and so forth? And the, the, the man that's wise may not know all that yet, but he knows to go to God for that wisdom. But a fool, it says here, is not a fool because he's just foolish and you know uneducated. He's a fool here because he despises wisdom and instruction. It's a choice he makes. I detest it. I don't want it. Wisdom's crying out. Wisdom's crying out. Turn in here. Turn in unto me. Okay? And the fool despises it, said, I want none of that. That's a fool. Not the one that knows more necessarily than the other. It's that the one knows enough to know they don't know. You know what I mean? I know enough to know I don't know, and I need to go to God. And another one who's all puffed up in themselves says, Who's God? I don't need the Lord. I got things under control. You know, good, strong, athletic, good looking, smart, educated, got a good job, everything's going good in my life, or I can figure it out, or I can pick myself up by my bootstraps, or whatever it may be. I don't want that, and I certainly don't need that. That's a fool that despises it. Okay? And so we don't want to be that. We don't want to be the fools. We want to be wise. And what I want to talk about for this wisdom of God and how. He has it stored up like a treasure for us. Again, it's not just so we're smarter. It's so that we're wiser. It's a knowledge of the holy. It's an understanding of Almighty God. It is, here is the way, walk ye in it. When we don't know which way to go. All through life. 
Two weeks ago, we talked about God speaking to us. Remember, leading us, the Good Shepherd. We, we opened in Exodus where the Lord led the Israelites through the wilderness with a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. We talked about the Good Shepherd saying, My sheep hear my voice. Well, that is the voice of wisdom. The Good Shepherd speaking and the sheep of God that belong to Him saying, Yes, Lord. And we're drawn to that. And we seek after that. I love the Scripture where David says, When thou saidest, Seek ye my face. So the Lord says to David, Seek my face, David. My heart said, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Now it sounds real simple, but everybody doesn't do that. God said, Seek my face, David. David said in his heart, I'm going to seek your face, God. Thy face, Lord, will I seek. He's calling every one of us to seek His face. He's calling us to do that. It's wisdom stored up for us. He had, uh, Christ has made unto us wisdom and redemption and righteousness and sanctification. It's Christ. The Lord has that for us. And one of the things I want to point out this morning is that men, when that wisdom is crying out, men have, and women and young people, we have the responsibility to respond to that cry. And we don't want it, and God certainly doesn't want it to fall on deaf ears. A lot of cries fall on deaf, deaf ears. Look out, a train's coming. Oh, I don't want, you know, boom, a train hits them. They don't want to hear. They're not listening. A lot of cries fall on deaf ears. Repent for the kingdom of, of God is at hand. Oh, we don't believe all that stuff. It's falling on deaf ears. When God speaks, we're to listen. We're to respond. We're to give heed, to take heed. It ought, to, it ought to take absolute preeminence over every other calling or, or voice or influence in our lives. Wait, wait, I think God's speaking. We need to be that way. He is speaking, not I think He's speaking. If you wonder if He's speaking, pick up the Bible and read it. I remember William was telling me about one of the ladies teaching a chapel at, uh, one of the teachers teaching a, a chapel at Parkview Baptist where he coaches and teaches. And was talking about this. People, young people say, or old people alike, oh, God never speaks to me. They go, uh, What's it sound like when God speaks? She said, it sounds a lot like His Word. You know, it sounds an awful, like, like, awful lot like His Word. So we can pick up the Bible and read it and know that the Lord is speaking to us. Okay? But I have the responsibility to respond to that. I'm not just plunging headlong on my way. God's all the time steady speaking to my heart and in my ear, and I'm just maybe later, God. You know, right now I'm having too much fun. Or I kind of like the way things are going now. I'm not, I'm not wanting to respond to your call, to your wisdom. This is for lost people and saved people. Certainly, a saved man needs to respond to the call of salvation, to repentance, to give their life to Jesus, okay, and be born again. But a saved man, he's calling to us continually, he's calling us to turn us. Turn us to His way. You and I must avail ourselves to this wisdom. We must avail ourselves to the grace of God that the Bible says, which bringeth salvation, has appeared to all men. But we have to respond to that. That grace and to His call and to that wisdom. And so it tells us here in the, in the passage that we read, I'm just going to paraphrase some of what we read from Proverbs 2. God's Word tells us that we are to receive His Word. I kind of highlighted a few things in my notes. Receive His Word. My Son, receive my words. Hide His commandments in our heart. Hide them. Receive it. Take it and hide them. Incline thine heart unto wisdom. 
So that means that inclining means like you bend towards it. You lean towards it. Okay? Incline your heart towards wisdom. I, it's not my responsibility or yours to invent wisdom or to come up with it or to create wisdom. God has it. It's a vast storehouse, a treasury. But He does say, hear His words, hide His words, incline thine heart unto wisdom. And I'm paraphrasing from the chapter we read. Apply thine heart to understanding. These are verbs. These are action words. Apply your heart to understanding. Cry after knowledge. So that means there needs to be a, 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 a conscious seeking after God and the wisdom that comes from God on my part. I can't do that for my children. I can't do it for you and you can't do it for me. I have to incline my heart to wisdom and I have to cry after this knowledge. Cry after knowledge. Alright? Lift up thy voice, it says, for understanding. This is all in what we read. Lift up your voice for understanding. God, please. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Ask. It doesn't have to be loud. You don't have to scream it to me or something like that. But God, I need wisdom. I need wisdom for everyday life. I need wisdom. I need wisdom for the big decisions I have to make in life. I need to have wisdom to understand the times in which we live. The day spiritually and morally in which we live and what manner of persons we ought to be in all holy conversation and godliness hastening His appearing. I need to know this. It comes from God. It comes from the Lord. And so, seek after. This is another phrase there. Seek and search for wisdom. Then it says, then... It says, then thou shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So it's as I incline my heart to wisdom. It's as I cry to God for wisdom. And, uh, and I'm prepared and I'm, and I'm seeking after the Lord. It says, then thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. It's stored up for us. For us. It's laid up for us. God has that for us. And I just want to read a couple more scriptures here. The Bible says, Wisdom crieth out, she uttereth. That's what I said. It's like the, 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 Psalm, the Solomon uh, personified wisdom as a woman. Wisdom crieth without, she uttereth her voice in the streets. And so every man is loved by God. Every man is extended invitation to come to Christ as Savior. Every man is. Okay, and every man is uh, called to be reconciled to God through faith in Jesus. And all men can, but all men don't. And I can say for every believer, every man is every single believer in the youngest in here. God has called us on to such blessings in himself, to such an intimate, personal relationship. We read about it in others. We read books about other Christians that I admire. And, and other uh, Bible characters and men and women of the Bible. And we might envy their relationship with the Lord, their, their commitment to the Lord, the way God used them, their intimacy with the Lord, the way they're caught up in the third heaven like Paul and saw things that are not lawful to be other, uttered. And we think, well, that's just maybe for a special class of people. But I don't believe that. The Bible doesn't teach that. Wisdom doesn't teach that. The Lord's crying out to us this morning. He is trying to draw us closer, ever closer. Remember, whatever ministry we have, 
This is not even part of the message this morning, but whatever ministry or service we have unto God on this earth is going to flow out of or come out of our relationship with God. I believe it's to the degree we are intimate with the Lord and committed to the Lord and surrendered to the Lord and walking closely to the Lord with as little shadow as possible between me and my Savior, is that's to the extent He's going to share His secrets with us. He's going to use us. Okay, Damien, you've been walking with me. i got something I want you to do. And He's going to tell Damien, because Damien's walking with Him and walking closely with the Lord and listening, whereas somebody else sitting next to Him in the pew, so to speak, is saved, but they're not really seeking after God. And they're not hearing from the Lord when God's speaking. It's not that they're not born again, but they're kind of hit or miss. But I'm just saying, I'm using this for an example, but Damien's really been pressing in. And God's got a job to do now. That's who He's going to get to do it. He's going to get the one that's walking with Him. And that, that service to God will flow out of our relationship to, with God. And wisdom is crying out, come. And with the wisdom comes the understanding and knowledge of the holy. It's not a one-time revelation. It's a continual revelation of the knowledge of God and the holiness of God. Because sometimes we can take our eyes off the Lord and we get focused back on the world or building our new house or a new job or school. And we're still Christians, but we, somewhere along the way we lost our focus a little bit. And so wisdom is crying to me to climb my heart to wisdom, apply my heart to wisdom, cry out for it. And when I cry out for that, then it's going to come this revelation, this understanding and knowledge of the holy. And it's like, oh, that's what I needed. I thought I needed a pay raise, but this is really what I need. I thought I needed uh, this because uh, got all these problems at work and I need this person to be fired and get out of the office and you know I need this to happen, I need this. Now what we really needed was a revelation of God to give me wisdom and my eyes back on the Lord and in His presence is fullness of joy. Right? To come back to the Lord. The world's raging around me. It always will until we're raptured in His world. Amen? Our future home. But, it, but to have that presence of the Lord, wisdom is crying out for believers to come to the Lord and turn to God. You know, and it comes from the Lord. I thought about how many things just come from God and from nowhere else. You can't get them anywhere else. You can't get salvation anywhere else. I mean, we could go on and on. You have to come to the Lord for forgiveness. Who can forgive sins but God? It all has to come from the Lord. Well, He created us. He knows what we have need of. And He's the supplier of those needs. Jehovah Jireh. Uh, my provider, right? He's my provider. But I thought about in the days when Joseph, I'm talking about the Old Testament, Joseph, Jacob's son, that was sold into slavery, became prime minister in Egypt. He was raised up for that, such a time as that. He had wisdom from God about what was getting ready to take place, right? The, the, the seven years of plenty. And then followed by seven years of terrible famine. And so this 14 years, God showed him what was going to happen. And he, he gets exalted because God worked it out. Can't say any other way for him to become prime minister, second in command under Pharaoh in Egypt. And so the seven years of plenty, and he knew just what to do. Here's what we're going to do. I think it was take three, 
three-fifths of the, of the part and store it up. If the crops were bringing forth just like crazy. Build some big storehouses and store the food because there's a famine coming. And so for seven years, they're storing up, storing up, storing up. That was wisdom from God. But when the famine hit and, and people started, you know, you slowly are running out of the food that you've got. Now the cupboard's bare and there's no, you know, there's a famine and there's nothing growing out there. Now people are getting desperate and they came to Pharaoh. We're dying of starvation, Pharaoh. What did he say? Go to Joseph. Go to Joseph. He'll tell you what to do. He had it all stored up in barns. Nobody starved to death. Go to Joseph. And it's like to me when I was thinking about wisdom. Go to God. Go to the Lord. He's got it all stored up. I don't have to run to the latest book in the Christian bookstore. Nothing wrong with Christian books, okay? Some of them. Uh, but I need to go to God. I need to myself to be able to know to go to God. And I need to be in the habit and practice of going to God by faith and receiving. Go to Joseph. Pharaoh says, he's got it all for Go to him. He's the guy. You, you get, you'll get food. And they did. And we need wisdom and knowledge and understanding of the, the most holy God. Go to the Lord. He has it for us. And so, uh, we have to walk and respond to that. Like I said, David said, yes, Lord, I'm going to seek your, your face. My heart says, I'm going to seek your face. And so, when God is prompting us, and He does, we need to respond to that. It's very, very important. And when He prompts us or convicts us or leads us or speaks to us, speaks to us or guides us, that we are quick to say, yes, Lord, thy face will I seek or I'll carry out what you've called me to do or I'll, I'll, I'll begin this home Bible study or I'll begin stepping it up in my prayer life or I'm going to put my Bible down, lift my hands and begin to walk around the room and praise you. I don't sing very well, whatever. I don't care. I'm going to begin to sing songs to you from my heart because God's prompting us and leading us to do that. could be corporately in the church service, okay? Or He's leading me to go to the altar. Or He's got feel I'm about to burst. I've got a word for the church. Let the Lord use you in that way. We have to respond. When we respond to what we're, He gives us, then it's showing that we're wise. And He's going to entrust us with more. Then we're going to find all the, the, the deep things of the Lord that we've longed for and desired. And y'all all say this, that it's, and I say it, I've said it many times before, it's absolutely essential for any man of God or woman of God or young person of God to walk in the measure of light that you've been given. Paul, certainly in, in his life, was given a, a greater measure of light maybe than what I have received. But he, had, he was responsible to walk in that measure of life. God revealed this much of Himself and deep things of God and mysteries of God. Our holiness, our personal call upon His life. Then Paul is responsible to live and flourish and grow and walk in that measure of life, right? Same for us. As much as He has shown you from the Bible and showed you this is true. Or whatever He showed you, once a week, once a day, once a year, you know, I want you to witness to somebody, I want you to do this, or whatever He's shown us, that he, he expects us to walk in that measure of light. And as we walk in that measure of light, He surely 
will give more light. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. The blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. We are responsible to walk in that. Look at this if you're still in Proverbs at chapter 1, verse 5. It says, A wise man will hear and will do what? Increase learning. So they're wise not because they're innately wise all by themselves. They're wise because when their wisdom speaks to them, they hear. They listen. A wise man will hear and will do what? Increase learning. And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. So there's this progression, right? A wise man hears. And because he heard or gave heed to, God says his learning increases. Now what it said? A wise man will hear and will increase in learning. That is taught all through the Word of God. To me, that's saying, walk in the light that you have and you'll get more light. Walk in the wisdom that you have and God will give more wisdom. I need it. He never created us to be stagnant like in a pond. Like we're just static. This, this level of Christianity, this level of spirituality, if you want to call it that, or, or maturity in Christ, or growth, or service, or intimacy, that you put me just flat line like a plane. Here's the day I got saved. Here's the day I'm going to heaven. No blip on the radar. He didn't create that. Everything is about growing. Speaking the truth in love that you may grow up in Him. And He moves us from glory to glory. It's ever increasing. Increasing daily. We eat and you grow. A child eats and grows. A newborn baby eats and grows. And their body grows. They're not the flat line like an infant. Still alive, but still be an infant 20 years from now. It would be bizarre. There's nothing in creation like that. A tree, a plant, an animal. They're born and they grow. And, and believers are to grow in Christ. Hear what God's saying and will increase in learning. Uh, the Lord says in Jeremiah, I'm just going to quote this, read this to you. Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it, to established it, the Lord is His name, call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. He is going to increase. He says, but call unto me. Call unto me, and I'm going I'm to show you things you don't know right now. You currently don't know. But you will know. And He wants us to know. It's a wonderful thing. It's an awesome thing. We're responsible to desire, to seek after, to incline our hearts. I want to read uh, and use the woman at the well. We all know the story. Turn to John chapter 4. I want to use her for an example. And, and also look at the Lord's example in this passage. We don't have time to read the whole thing, but we're going to read some of it. John chapter 4. Let's pick up in, in verse 9. So, so Jesus is going to pass through Samaria. And it's the middle of the day. His disciples go out looking for food. And He, he has a special appointment. He knows it's going on. She doesn't. The Lord, the Maker of heaven and earth, the Savior of the world, has come to this one woman this day. And what He's going to do, He's going to bring her from spiritually blind, okay, in sin, notable sin. It's all written about in the, in the Bible here. He's going to bring her from that place to salvation. Or bing, the, the blinders are lifted up. The eyes are open. The light shining in the heart. 
and to give the knowledge of the glory of Jesus Christ, right? He's going to bring her from spiritually blind and just lost and like any lost man or woman would be to, to full understanding, not, not of everything of God, but to salvation in a matter of moments. He knows what He's going to do. But to me, this is wisdom crying out. This is God crying out. We see how the scales begin to fall from the eyes real quickly uh, when the Lord's dealing with the heart. But let's just pick up verse 9. Then said the woman of Samaria, because he asked her for a... It's just the two of them sitting at Jacob's well. He asked her for a drink of water. How is it that thou being a Jew askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? And so Jesus begins to talk to her. He says, "You're gonna, if you, whoever drinks of this water." Now he's shifting gears a little bit. She asks him questions. Uh, if I, he answered and said unto her, verse thirteen, "Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But that water, the water that I shall give him, shall be in him a well of water springing up in everlasting life." Hallelujah! The woman says. Unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come here to draw. Alright, so then Jesus begins to talk to her about uh, her sin. And he does it in this way. Go get your husband. Go get your husband and bring him here. Well, I don't, I don't have a husband. Well, you did write in saying you don't have a husband. And the man you're living with now in immorality is not your husband. You've had, I think, five husbands uh, yes, what he says in verse 18, For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, and that, and that thou saidest truly. So he's dealing with her about her sin. Now, the woman says, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. So something's happening, right? Something's happening in her to where she's going from talking about... She moved in a very, very short time from talking about what are you, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. What are you even talking to me for? From that to, to confessing Jesus as Lord and Savior in a few more scriptures that we're going to read. Her eyes began to be open. There's a couple of things I want to point out from this. And we're going to read a couple more scriptures in this chapter. All men are sinners, but all men are not honest sinners. And I believe this woman was an honest sinner, at least in this point. Maybe up to this point, she had been crooked and deceitful and lied and would have lied to herself and lied to others and lied to God, you know. But at this point, uh, when the Lord was dealing with her, all are sinners and all need a Savior. But all are honest with God about and with their own hearts about their sin. And there's a huge difference. The one that is honest with God and with their own hearts about their sin is going to find mercy. They're going to be in a place to... God's merciful to all. He's gracious to all. But if I persist in justifying myself in my sin, well, the reason I steal is because I'm poor. 
I had to grow up like an orphan on the streets, and, and so I got to steal to make ends meet. And God's convicting them about their thieving and being a sin. And they're going to justify themselves where they need to repent and give their life to the Lord. This woman was a notable sinner and living in sin at the time. And she was at least honest enough to say, I don't have a husband. I don't have a husband. And the Lord says, you spoke truly about that. Okay? And we need to, to not justify ourselves. We not, need to not try to scoot out from under the judgment of, or the, the conviction of God. If the Lord says you're guilty, Randy, you're guilty, I need to say you're right, God. The verdict you have of guilt that you have stated and spoken over my life, you're the righteous judge of all the earth. What you have spoken about my life or what you've spoken about how I just talked to my wife or what you've spoken over my life, what I just watched on TV, that it's sin. You're right. And there's just a period there. There's no... But, but, the, but you understand, God, because I was really tired and, and I'm mad at the world right now and things aren't going my way. And I've asked you five times for this prayer and you hadn't answered it. And so I got a little aggravated and I went and committed this sin. The honest sinner is going to say, I'm a sinner. And even as a believer, I have sinned. What you put your finger upon in my life, I am guilty of that. And you are perfectly just in speaking that over my life. But you also said that if we'll confess our sin, that you're faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Your word also says, my little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. But if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And so, Lord, I'm coming to you. I'm confessing. That means to agree with God. Right? We've talked about confession doesn't just mean saying the words. Confession means I agree with God. And so I confess my sin to you, Lord. You're right. But you also, I'm also confessing that you're the forgiver. And with you there's mercy and grace and cleansing unlimited and I'm coming to you now for for forgiveness the woman was at least honest in her sin humble yourself therefore in the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you in due time for God resists the proud but he gives grace to the humble so this woman you start seeing a bit of humility in her life and she doesn't understand everything but she's saying I don't understand it She's saying, I don't understand it. She's not justifying herself and saying, I'm a perfectly wonderful person. She's, she's starting to, to confess to the Lord and being honest with the Lord. And the Bible says, give instruction to the wise man and he will yet be wiser. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Give instruction to the wise man, he will yet be wiser. Teach a just man and he will increase in learning. So this, this woman's walking in a little tiny measure of light. You could say that she's God. I perceive you're a prophet. At first he was just a Jew. And she thought it strange that he was talking to her. Now I perceive you're a prophet. She's walking in that though. There's something about this man. I'm going to find out more. I'm going to ask. He's revealing. And she's walking in it. Amen? She's walking in it. So one thing I noticed about this account 
is that she was an honest sinner. Another thing I notice about this account is that the Lord is not bothered or put off when we ask questions. I'm talking about sincere questions, not smart aleck, not mocking. Okay, a lot of people, oh, if God's God, you know, let him send lightning bolt and hit that escalade right there. You know, if he's God, then I'll believe. No, you won't. You'll believe a lightning bolt came. That's what you'll believe. And you'll get harder in your heart. That's a mocker. But he's not put off or bothered by genuine questions. Nicodemus had a genuine question, didn't he? He was a man, he was a, a priest. He came seeking God secretly by night for fear of the Jews. We did come to Jesus. Most of them didn't. Okay? He did come to Jesus and, and say, Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet and God is with you. Jesus cuts through all that and said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Just got right to the heart of the matter. Here's what you're looking for, Nicodemus. You have to be born again. So I'm going to get past all the other questions you've got. And I'm going right to that. And so what does Nicodemus say? How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Did the Lord say, you ignorant, stupid, whatever, and say, I'm going to go find somebody wiser than you. No, he answered the question. Because Nicodemus wasn't mocking. He wasn't ridiculing. Jesus said, you must be born again. And he's saying, I want to be out. How can I be born again? Jesus isn't bothered by sincere questions by that towards him like that. And the woman had questions. Are you greater than our father Jacob? You don't have anything to draw water from. What are you to Jew being talking to me a Samaritan? Uh, you know, we didn't read it, but our father said, the Samaritan father said, we're to worship here. And, and the Jews say we're to worship on, on this mountain, Jerusalem. Uh, Jesus is not put off by those questions and bothered. Because they were honest. And guess what? Wisdom. She's crying out for wisdom. Wisdom's going to reveal it to her. A knowledge of the holy. She's going to very quickly come to an understanding of God. Worship, woman, you worship who you know not. You don't even know. We know who we worship. Salvation is of the Jews. And so, uh, he, he says that they that worship the Father must worship Him in spirit and truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. She's teaching her spiritual things. And she's getting it. He's not ticked off because she has questions. But when he does give the answer, and the same for you and me, God, I don't understand. Or God, what about this? Or teach me about that. And God does teach us. He expects us to walk in that and accept his answer. Well, I didn't like the answer he gave. I'm going to go find someone else. And we can do that sometimes as Christians. We go to, for godly counsel. We get the counsel from his word. And we didn't like that, so we go ask a hundred other believers until we finally hear the counsel we wanted so we can go on and do what we wanted to do in the first place. We need to walk in the light that we've been given. We need to heed the counsel. When we ask God and He gives us the answer, He's not going to give us five more uh, choices, B, C, and, and D, and E. He's saying, here's you ask. Here's the answer. This is what I have for you. Walk in it. No, I didn't like that. Oh. You know, Jesus, strong Christian, I'll go ask her. Ethan, you know, we go ask somebody else. Perfectly, we'll hear the same thing over and over. It'll be the truth from God's Word. If you keep asking enough, you're going to hear what you wanted to hear in the first place. Somebody with the title Christian on them, and they may or may not be, is going to tell you what you always wanted to hear 
to fulfill what you wanted in your own heart. And that is not wisdom. And that's not me walking in the light that I've been given. The Lord gave this woman light and whether it was the answer she expected or didn't expect, we don't know. It's the answer that she got from God. It was the truth and she walked in it. I want to read just a little bit, a little bit more. Um, let's look at verse 25. He's already told her they get, though they worship God to worship in spirit and truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah is coming. Again, she went from talking about water and a cup, and now we're going to draw it to talking about the Messiah in one conversation. I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When He is come, He will tell us all things. So now she's specifically speaking about the Messiah. The long-awaited Messiah. The Christ, which means the Anointed One. Okay? Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am He. I think, what a God. What a kind God. What a Savior. He didn't play any more games with her or making her jump through hoops. She said, I'm looking for the Christ. You found Him. If you're looking for Him this morning, He's here for you as well. But God is, a, is such a wonderful God. John the Baptist, when he was in prison, he was the forerunner of Jesus. He was, he was prophesied about that His coming to be the, the one to introduce Christ to mankind when He came the first time. He's thrown in prison by Herod. And he begins to doubt himself. So he has his own disciples. And in prison, he takes some of his disciples and goes, go to Jesus and, and ask Him, are you the one that should come or do we look for another? He knew it, but he said he doubted. You ever been that way? Not just about him being Savior, but he knew God had shown him, but at the same time, maybe because of his circumstances being in prison, uh, he, there was some kind of he needed some reassurance. Let's put it that way. Jesus didn't blow those disciples off. They come to Jesus. Jesus, him that, that we follow, that, that you know, from the Jordan River, he sent us to you saying, Are you the one that should come or do we look for another? That wasn't mocking, that wasn't ridiculing. It was a real question. He had to have it answered. John had to have that assurance. The Lord knew He had to have that assurance. He gave Him that assurance. You go back and you tell John. You tell him what you've seen. How the blind are receiving their sight. And the lame are walking. And the poor have the Gospel preached to them. You tell him. He wanted to know. And he wanted to walk in that, that knowledge of the Lord. The Lord's not bothered when we ask Him questions, but you and I better walk in what He shows us. Walk in the truth of that. He is that. And He's still today opening blinded eyes and making lame people walk and have preaching the Gospel to poor people and delivering drug addicts from drugs. He's still doing it today. He still wants to do it today. We have to cry out for that wisdom from God, that knowledge of God. And He's going to show us those secrets. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him. That means a good, healthy, holy fear of God. And the secrets are secrets, but it means the intimate things of God. The intimate fellowship with God. That is for who it's for. 
It's stored up for those. If you fear God, if you do, it's stored up for you. But I think we, we, we're uh, walking around in a little kiddie pool when God's got a whole ocean in Christ for us in our knowledge of Him and our power. I'm talking about spiritual power, not for power's sake, but for God's sake, in our service to the Lord, in our prayer life, and our effectiveness for Christ on this earth. God has these things for us and, and wisdom is crying out that, that we would just walk in that. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. And so God has this for us. He has it stored up for us, y'all. And I just love it that, that the Lord took that woman, and we're about to close, and you can come. The, the Lord took that woman. I got one more passage I'm going to read. But just from in the middle of the day, it's noon, it's hot, they're in Samaria, he's a Jew. Jews and Samaritans didn't fool with each other. He's a man and woman. They wouldn't just publicly talk like that either, out openly like that. A lot of things that weren't as they should be. And yet God took her from that moment, from that point, to saying, we know Messiah's coming who's called to Christ. When He comes, He's going to set everything straight. He's going to show us all things and give us understanding. And the Lord says, I that speak to you am He. And so she goes and she gets other people and starts telling them and brings them. And then people are getting saved. It's all happening just like that. She's going rounding up people. Hey, come see, come see. A man that told me things that nobody would know except God. He knows him. This man, is not this the Christ? And now she's an advocate for him. She's out telling others. And they're rounding people up and their souls are getting saved. But it's knowledge that's crying out through the Lord. A specific knowledge of the Holy. Who He is. Revealing Himself to men. He is doing it. He is desiring to do it. I have the responsibility, even as a believer now, to respond to that wisdom crying out in the streets. Respond to what God is calling out and saying to me. We'll close with these last verses. Back in Proverbs 1, verse 23-25. through 25. Turn you at My reproof. Behold, I will pour out My Spirit upon you. I will make known My words unto you. This is wisdom calling. It's God calling. Okay? Here, here is the truth of God, the wisdom of God. Because I have called unto you and you refused, I have stretched out my hand and, and no man regarded. But you have said it not my counsel and would none of my counsel. That's people that are rejecting the Lord. But the Bible says, I'll, I'll lie, we got one more passage. Proverbs 8. Because I want to close with something positive. Proverbs 8, verse 7. For my mouth shall speak truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words, all the words of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing forward or perverse in them. They are all plain to him that hath understanding, and right to them that find knowledge. Skip down to verse 17. I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Riches and honor are with me, yea, Durable riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yea, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I lead in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of judgment. And so it's the Lord calling out for you and me and for lost people, lost people to, to turn at his re reproof. 
That just means it's correction. All of us that have children, what if every time, don't run out in the street, there's a car coming, and our little two-year-old just kept running out in the street. I mean, turn at my reproof. Turn at my correction. Turn to me. Okay? What I have is better than choice gold. And 24 karat gold. It's better than that. What I have is better than riches. It's the wisdom of God and the revelation of Christ Himself to us, even as a saved man, to see Him. Lord, I never saw You like that. I'm never going back. I've never loved the world anymore after I've seen You like that. And You made Yourself so real to me. All I want to do is serve You. All I want to do is be with You. I don't have to get up and go to work. But Lord, will You be with me all day at work? Yes, I'm going to be with You all day at work. You understand what I'm saying? Once we see Him and know Him, it's better than life. He's better than life. He's better than the vacation we want. He's better than all everything. And it's wisdom crying out. And through that comes a knowledge of the holy and the understanding of the Lord. I've been lazy in my response to the Lord. I know He's crying out. The Bible tells me He is. So I don't hear His voice. Well, pick up the Bible. Read it. He's, he's talking to you. Get at the altar and pray and say, Lord, I'm crying out for wisdom. I'm crying out for instruction. I'm crying out for knowledge of you, God. Show me yourself. And hang in there like a pit bull and hang on to him as a, as a practice of life. He may test us for a little while, but he's going to re- reveal. He revealed himself to that woman in the midst of all of her sin and said, I'm the Christ. You don't have to look any further. I'm here. He wasn't playing hard to get. He showed himself to her. Amen? Changed her whole life. And Father, we just come before you. Y'all, the altars are open. I pray you call out to the Lord. That's all this altar's time is about this morning, this invitation. Call out to God. If you don't know Jesus and you want to give your life to Christ, if you'll come up here, I want to pray with you to give your life. He'll meet you right here. The Lord will to give your life to Jesus. And save you this morning. Wisdom's crying out. Turn unto me. Wisdom's crying out to the, the believers. Turn unto me. I'm still healing people today. I'm still saving people today. I'm still the good shepherd leading people today. I'm still protecting people in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. I'm still God. I still sit on my throne. Come to me. I can still save your lost loved ones. I can do it today. They look too far, far gone to you, but they're not too far gone to me. Turn unto me got bored with your life, your prayer life and reading the Bible is boring to you now. You're just doing it because you know you're supposed to. Turn unto God. Cry out. He's going to give you a knowledge and a revelation of Himself. Turn to the Lord. Father, we turn to You this morning. Show us Yourself. Show us Jesus, Lord.